Another live program you're listening to, if you haven't worked it out already, the Looking Up Show with Danny, Shell, Shanna, and Sharissa. We have a new friend in yes, studio. Yes, we do. Today. We do. She's brave enough to join she us. She is. Well, join. Yeah, you're She's... okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so glad that you're all joining us for this program. And Pastor Danny, how are you doing? I am praising the Lord, looking up, and enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's another crisp winter's mm. day here in Newcastle. But Actually, a hot day today. It was 19 degrees. That is hot for us. I left That's home true. and it was 19 degrees. That's true. Well, God is good and we have a very hot topic for you today. What is our Sizzling, subject? sizzling, sizzling. <laughs> We're going to talk about the truth about this hot topic, um, the real truth about hell. Fire wow. in the book of Revelation, the third angel's message, smack bang, there in the middle. There it is staring at us and... We can try and sweep it under the carpet, but that would be that would not be right, so we need to deal with it. It's part of the three angels' messages. All right, so if you just heard us say that and you're thinking, I don't want to hear this because you, oh. you, you're scared oh. of the subject, please don't change the channel. You'll be surprised. Mm. I think yeah, there's a surprising the good news, good the good news, news to this you. topic. Yeah. So uh, really looking forward to the Bible study, Pastor Danny. Uh, also, if people want to catch up, because this has been part of a, a series that we've done on the That's three right. angels' this, messages. This is part 11 in is this series. So? Yeah, wow. absolutely. It's gone quick. We've enjoyed it. So um, yeah, if you want to catch up on the past episodes, you simply go to the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Click on the Looking Up program. You can see all of the past episodes there as podcasts. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. can, you nice can actually, nice if you've got nothing easy. else to do, people could just listen to our show. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's, that means you really don't have much to do if that's all you're doing. But uh, uh, on that you note. Can binge. You can like binge listen. They totally mm. could. I don't know anyone who has, but mm. you never know. And also we would love for everyone to download the app because mm. if you get the app, you always have access to uninterrupted Faith FM broadcasting. Some of the places around Newcastle I know have um, bad uh, tower coverage from radio towers. So if you get the app, you don't have to fight Towers mm. always have Absolutely. constant access. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, the number to contact us on for today's program, if you have a comment, you have a question, or even a prayer request, is zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. You'll want to keep that number handy because we have a prize that will be related to this study. So you, will, if I was you, I'd write it down right now zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. So you're ready when the code word comes out. That's our looking up specific That's number. That's our very own specific number. Yeah. Love it. Well, we're going to listen to Gavin Chatelia right now. He's going to bring us the song Count Your Blessings. I love this song. Mm, Do you like this? Great way to start this subject. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So enjoy this song, Count Your Blessings, and we'll be back with current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, 
When you feel discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you a wealth untold. Count your many blessings, money cannot buy. Reward in heaven or your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. took some time during that song to count some of your blessings, mm, naming them one by one. That's certainly something to lift your spirits. Oh, you're absolutely, having a bad day. absolutely. Sit back, count the good things that God has done mm. for you. He does so much for us. Well, there's a lot happening in our world right now. So there are a lot of count, burdens to unpack. <laughs> as counting blessings is actually really helpful. It is when you've got to deal with the burdens of, of, of everyday life and what is taking place around us. And Sharissa, you know, I say this every week. I may sound like a broken record. I certainly <laughs> do to my poor wife. But the reality is each and every day that 
that that goes by we are seeing the intensification of those labor pains that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24 and we are nearing the end we you know we've been saying that for a long time but I believe we are definitely nearing the sound of the trumpet. Um, there isn't much time left on the clock. And that tells us that Jesus is coming soon and we can look up. Absolutely. We can look up. It's a true Christian thing to be continually looking mm. forward to the soon advent of Jesus. Even Paul, yeah. he said, then we who are alive and remain, mm. First Thessalonians. So he included himself expecting to be waiting for he Jesus did. to come. Every generation has, has hoped and believed and looked forward to the coming of Jesus, hoping and praying that would be that generation that would see Christ come in the clouds, that they would be living at that time. Um, and you know that that hasn't taken place for the last two two millennia. However, the signs that Jesus has given us, the signs that Scripture has given us, we have never seen them unfold in the extent that we are seeing them unfold today. So, wow! So you know. we just keep looking to Jesus, keep Absolutely. looking for Him because He's our only hope. So, Absolutely. Pastor Danny, you said there's so much oh, to talk boy, about. Oh boy, there sure is. There Where sure is. Where should we start? Well. Um, Look, I'll, I'll just go through them um, as quickly as I possibly can. Um, I came across this very interesting headline here regarding, you know, this war in, in Ukraine that, that's been going on for several months now. And the headline was, Russia threatens to strike the West if Ukraine hits it with US rockets. Now, in this um, article... Words. Yeah, yeah, in these um, in this, in, in this article... Um, uh, a leading uh, ally of Vladimir Putin, you know, the president of Russia, Dmitry Medvedev, a former prime minister under Putin, he said that there would be consequences if uh, US-made rockets landed on Russian soil mm. from the Ukrainian side because um, the, the United States, according to this article, have... Um, have sent over missiles or rockets uh, that can that can you know go for about a fifty kilometer or fifty miles. I can't remember if it was fifty k's or fifty miles. And um, and so he said, if one of those lands, you know, on our soil, um, and and we can track it to to the nation, the United States or whoever that has you know that has shared that you know with with Ukraine. We're going to be after them, and this is what he actually shared. He's actually sharing stuff from Revelation. This is what this is what this um, the former prime minister of um, of Russia had to say. He warned that fighting in Ukraine was pushing the world dangerously close to nuclear Armageddon. All mm. right, this is and these are his words now. The horsemen of the apocalypse. He's referring to you know the Revelation six. You know the horsemen of the apocalypse are already on their way, and all <laughs> hope now is with the Lord God Almighty. Wow. He's saying, you know, um, and so and so this is this is like really really serious. Yeah, those rocket systems um, uh, can travel to targets about fifty miles away. So. Um, you know, this guy said the United States is directly and intentionally adding fuel to the fire. And so, you know, the the language here is becoming more and more threatening every every day. And so, yeah, we really don't know. We really don't know how how this is all going to end. It's in God's hands. I guess he's holding back the winds of strife. But perish the thought, you know, if, if nuclear missiles were, were to start flying left, right and centre, 
it would it would cause devastation on a scale we cannot even begin to imagine. Mm. The uh, the war is really it's uh, really definitely a sign of the times, but it's also affecting the world in so many other ways too, financially and economically. Mm. We're seeing pinches happening over here too. Yeah, is that related to the war? Is that related oh, to absolutely. Uh, fuel? Absolutely. Well, look, there was um, there was a, an interesting headline um, that I picked up just today, in fact, from the ABC News uh, website. And the headline was, how does the war in Ukraine impact food supply? Now, we've talked a little bit about this in the past. And uh, this, is, this was really interesting. And just to reiterate, you know, how serious and how grave the situation is and how the war. And I'm going to share from a biblical perspective very shortly how all these things are linked to what Jesus had to say and what the Old Testament prophets had to say and what was said in the days of Moses. It's incredible. Um, but anyway... Um, this was really interesting, and this, this was from the headline. It says, the war in Ukraine is exacerbating an already alarming global food crisis, experts warn. This is a United Nations expert. Ukraine feeds 400 million people. That's a lot of people, <laughs> um, shared this author. A lot of people, especially in the Middle East and Africa, okay, they're some of the poorest nations on the planet, rely on Ukraine for their daily food. The World Food Programme estimates that the number of severely food insecure people doubled from 135 million before the pandemic to 276 million at the start of 2022. Mm -hmm. So those who are severely food insecure, the number has doubled. From 135 to 270 odd million. That's a lot of people, Sharissa. Sounds like a famine. That sounds like a huge famine. And um, and, it's, and he says it will result in famine and destabilization and mass migration around the world. Mm. So, and, and he goes on and he says um, that Russia and the Ukraine combined supply 12% of all traded calories in the world, including more than one quarter of globally traded wheat and barley and three quarters of the sunflower oil. So, you know, we've been hearing some of these, some of these statistics and, um, and so there's a lot at play. Then they're talking about um, uh, the weather. They're talking about famine uh, due to droughts and they're bringing climate change into the, into the scheme of things. And so it's really, really interesting. Here's, 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 some, here's some stats. These are like mind-boggling stats. Are you holding on to your chair? <laughs> holding on. Okay, hold on to your chair, <laughs> folk. If you haven't got your seatbelts on, put your seatbelts on. Um, these, this is quite interesting. And um, the headline, the little mini headline was, it's only the beginning, so what can we do? The world is already experiencing food shocks, the loss of food supply due to climate events or geopolitical crises, and it's set to continue. Check this out. So there's a vicious cycle that's emerging. This was all, and this is coming to us from a UN report, this vicious cycle and how it's all working, how there's a convergence of all these signs um, that I'm going to, get to in just a little bit from Matthew 24. It says, okay, food price index is at record levels. All right, we don't need to be reminded of that even here in Australia. Oil is at record levels at $120 a barrel. All right. The yep. price in Europe um, for natural gas is 10 times higher than it was in 2020. Wow. 10 times That's higher. That's in two years. That's in two years, 10 times. That's in Europe, gas, and they, they rely on gas um, to a great deal. Uh, maritime trade costs have gone up by 300% compared to pre-pandemic 
levels. Interest rates are on the rise, and we know that, and the Reserve Bank in the US, I understand on Thursday, could be putting up the official, the Reserve Bank interest rate in the US by 0.75%. And so guess what? We're going to be... We're going to be following suit in Australia. We've already gone to like 0.75 for the year in two hits. Imagine another 0.75. You know, we're, we're, people are not going to be able to afford their, their mortgages. We're, we're in serious trouble here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it goes on, prices are increasing fertilizers. And so the fertilizers are going up. So there's this cycle that is going on. Now, Sharissa, yes. there's a whole heap more I could talk about. Okay, the U.S. flooding. Um, Yosemite National Park. I'm uh, sorry, Yellowstone National Park. Um, it's it was the first national park in the world listed under the heritage. You know, it was mm-hmm. heritage listed more than you know in the 19th century. First time I heard about it was in the movie 2012. There you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that doomsday movie. Yeah. Um, first time the park's been closed in 34 years due to floods. Oh. You know, massive floods. So wow. that was that was that was quite interesting. Then there was another one here. Here we go. Check this headline out. This, this, if this doesn't blow you away, nothing does. U.S. drought at the moment. The United States is going through one of the worst droughts in its in its history, and in particular the Midwest. There, a growing region of the U.S. And the headline here from this was a Channel Nine News headline. Um, U.S. drought, the worst in twelve hundred years. Twelve hundred years. Forget about the century. Even forget about the millennium. You know, we've mm. heard worse than a thousand years. Now they're going beyond that, twelve hundred mm. years. So, and they're and they're talking obviously and COVID and and um, and you know, supply chains and so on and so forth. All right, now can I can I share with you the biblical? Go for it. The biblical. So, okay, we're we're well aware of Matthew twenty four. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matthew twenty four, where Jesus says, you know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be pestilence. Mm-hmm. There's going to be famines, and he also talks about earthquakes. All right. So I'm looking at these three in particular: famine. Pestilence and war. All not, right? not the earthquakes. Okay, not the earthquakes. I left the, I left the earthquakes. <laughs> okay. okay, so I'm, I'm zeroing on these three, and I'm like, I remember that not only does Jesus speak of them in connection with um, what would take place before the destruction of Jerusalem, there'd be an intensification of labor pains in this region, which there was before 70 AD. This would also be the case at the end of time. And so... What I did was I decided to track those three signs, war, pestilence, and famine, okay? And I discovered that they're all found in the Old Testament, where God said through Jeremiah, his prophet, I won't take the time to read those scriptures. I can just give them to the folk. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah Mm -hmm. 14, verses 11 to 13, there God said to the children of Israel, this is what's going to happen. If you continue to turn your back on me, the Babylonians are going to come and you're going to experience the sword, uses the sword for war, you're going to experience famine and you're going to experience pestilence. Okay. Then I backtrack. I'm like, there are blessings and curses where God said, if you follow my ways, these will be the blessings. If you turn your back on me, tell me to take a hike, throw me out the window, push me out the door, the curses will be what you experience. And so so I go to the blessings and the curses and guess what? I find in Leviticus 25, sorry, Leviticus 26, verses 25 and 26. Check out these words. Maybe if you can get there, um, you might want to read them. So that's Leviticus 26, verses 25 and 26. Check this out. Written in the days of Moses. 
Okay. The Bible says, And I will bring the sword on you to avenge the breaking of the covenant. When you withdraw into your cities, I will send a plague among you, and you will be given into enemy hands. When I cut off your supply of bread, ten women will be able to bake your bread in one oven, and they will dole out the bread by weight. You will eat, but you will not be satisfied. Okay. I'm like, wow, here they are. Sword. That's war. Pestilence. Well, in my translation, what did you have there? I had the new uh, NIV here, but um, sorry, I just changed it to yours. Anyway, pestilence and cutting off your supply of bread. That's famine. Okay, these three. So that's part of the curses. And then guess what? I'm watching SBS. What? SBS, and they say that our world, in particular the third world, is plagued by three big whammies, three big fat whammies, all starting with C. COVID. Crisis mm-hmm. in Ukraine and climate. Wow. And they're saying COVID, that's pestilence right there. What was the other one? Crisis, that's a sword, that's mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, famine. And there you have it, your supply of bread. Mm-hmm. Climate, climate-induced famine is what oh, they were saying. I was wondering how does that relate yeah. to sin? There you go. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Cli- yeah, the climate and famine. So there you go. So I saw it all there, and it was just absolutely incredible. So, Shuri, so there's, there's, there's probably another story I want to deal with after. You may have um, time after, yeah. After, not now. But it just tells us that we're nearing the end. And so the things Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, that were repeated, you know, five, 600 years before the children of Israel went to captivity, and God warned about that in the days of Moses. So today, as we turn our backs on God, especially in the Western world, as we're turning our backs on God and His covenant, which is His law of love, the Ten Commandments, we're reaping the whirlwind. Wow, that is so true. Telling us Jesus is coming soon. And it reminds me of that appeal that God has mm. to us. If my people who are called by my name will humble Amen. themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. So we, we really need to turn to the Lord Amen. now. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing those highlights. Carly Fletch is going to bring us a beautiful song now, Nothing in This World. We'll then have the news and continue with some more current events and an incredibly relevant Bible study. There is nothing in this world that can truly satisfy me. Jesus, Jesus love For His love is truly deeper Truly purer, truly sweeter Than anything I've ever known
Everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Looking Up have an exciting announcement before we continue with some more news stories and the Bible study that we've been telling you about. But the exciting announcement is we have a book giveaway for the first eight people who text in today's code word. I won't give you the code word just yet. You have to keep listening for that. Uh-huh. But uh, the book for today is Draining the Sticks by Sean Boonstra. It's talking about the mystery of death and hell. And you will find this book a very interesting read. Life is hard. And when you die, that's the truth that happens to all of us if Jesus doesn't come. And so we need to know how we can understand death with hope as well. And so I think if you want to get this book, you need to be in the running. Keep listening. Keep listening for the code word. And maybe you want to write the number down. Mm-hmm. The number to text for today's free giveaway is 04888 if you're one of the first eight people to do so, this book is yours as a gift. Zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. And of course, you can comment with any comments or questions or, you know, we just like to hear from you. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So, Pastor Danny, you had a couple of other news stories. All right. Stories. A few more news stories before we move into our Bible study. I came across, well, I didn't, um, one of my church members, um, if she's listening, Venice. Uh-huh. thank you so much for sending me this item. Um, she sends me items from time to time. And this was in regards to a four-day working week here in Australia. Woohoo! Four days? Yeah, how would you like a four-day working week? I love it week? already. And you get paid for five days' work. How does that work? How does that work? Well, um, there have been a couple of countries that are trialling, um, offering their employees a four-day working week, whereby they still need to put in the same effort and time, well, 
ultimately productivity, not so much time and effort, but productivity as they would in a five-day working week. Mm. And so Australian companies, there's a number of them that are part of this um, four-day working week trial over the next uh, six months. Wow. So more than a dozen companies in Australia and New Zealand are set to take part in this trial. And so it's on the back of, um, of 70 companies in the UK that have enabled thousands of their workers in these particular company, companies to, to try out this new pilot program. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, it start, it's starting in Australia. Um, I'm not sure if any of our listeners are part of this trial. <laughs> It'd be lovely to hear from them if yes. somebody was. Yes, 048 If you're working for one of those 20 companies, um, this might be your day off. <laughs> and so you're listening to the Looking Up show. But anyway, it says... Um, yeah, that um, workers, you know, receiving 100% of their pay for working only 80% of their usual week is that they have to maintain 100% of their productivity. Now, this is interesting because we know from Bible prophecy that a day's coming, um, excuse the pun, when Sunday will be set aside as a day of rest as a day for the family, as a day for potentially the environment and a host of other factors. So this is kind of interesting that, you know, we're going from a five-day work week to a four-day work week. How that's all going to look, um, I'm not sure. So anyway, so that's just a, a little test and we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Now, on another, on another matter in the United States, we've talked about, you know, this abortion um, war that is taking place over there where you've got both sides, you know, the left and the right, you know, the pro-life mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. pro-choice group at each other. And um, so, you know, since the leak of that Supreme Court um, decision on Roe versus Wade, potentially overturning that decision that was made back in the 1970s, early 1970s, I can't remember, I think it was 1973 or somewhere there. Anyway, um. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of turmoil. They they there's a lot of turmoil that is taking place right now. There there's churches that are being bombed and mm. burnt, and then there are pro-life centres that are also being attacked and vandalised. I heard that the chief justices of the Supreme yeah, Court they've been are threatened. threatened. Yeah. yeah, well, there was one one um, individual who was caught with a firearm near wow. near one of the chief justices home wow. and he he literally told the police he was he was going to kill the chief justice um mm. so it was one of those that um that had been appointed by by Donald Trump I think it was Kavanaugh I think mm-hmm, Kavanaugh mm-hmm. was the was the particular supreme court justice but anyway why I raise this is because uh, Daniel chapter 11 tells us that there's going to be a tremendous swing from the left to the right so just to put it in broad terms, since the French Revolution, okay, our world for the last two centuries and more has been heading in the wrong direction, away from God, away from biblical values. We've been heading in the left direction. You know, if mm-hmm. we could use that, you know, left and right that most people are familiar with. However, Daniel 11 says the king of the north, which is the Roman papacy, um, will come will come down upon the king of the south and will just completely annihilate him. So we have seen morals and values swing so far left. I mean, so, so far left. And with um, our world in turmoil, with the economy, you know, um, suffering, and there's going to be more and more disasters and catastrophes. 
And, um, you know, there's going to be a whole host of issues that's going to bring our world to the brink and people will cry out as they did when the boat was sinking in Jonah's day. Everyone's going to cry out to God to save them. And so we're going to move from the left to the right. There's going to be a major swing to the right and seeking after God, and especially in the United States of America. And I believe it's going to spread throughout the Western world and the world at large. Mm. So we're we're right on the verge. We're That's right on the verge. It's going to be an amazing time. It it's is not far away. Though. It's it's not far away because I mean, how much further away <laughs> can the pendulum swing? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. How much further can we move away from God? That's a good point. And also, the further you move away, the more quickly the swing returns to the other exactly. side. Exactly. So, <laughs> and not real. just that, but it'll be if if we're hard up against the left, what's going to happen is we're going to go hard up against the right. the right. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, so we're really seeing um, the things that God spoke of mm-hmm. um, regarding Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. And so, when marriage in the family and the sacredness of life goes out the window, such it has, as we're all well aware, and we've you know we've highlighted that on our on our program, when you know political leaders, um, Supreme Court justices cannot define what a woman is, Nobody what a man knows. is, um, you know, <laughs> when we've got dozens and dozens of genders, when three and four year olds and five year olds are being taught things that we could not even begin to dream or imagine. You know, it wasn't even in it wasn't even in um, you know make believe um, twenty thirty years ago. It wasn't even in Hollywood. Hollywood wasn't even bringing it out because it was just so far fetched. Now we're actually seeing it happen before our very eyes. That tells us that the days of Sodom and Gomorrah have arrived. The days of yep. Noah have arrived. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So it will be just before our return. We're seeing all that, and we're about to head to the other side as the pendulum swings. Amen, amen. That's so true. So, yeah. What a time to be alive. Hey? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So that's probably enough for now. I won't, I won't talk about, you know, a whole bunch of ATMs in Australia being, you know, taken out of circulation and our, you know, <laughs> our monetary um, transactions becoming more and more digital and by the day. And our being monitored when yeah, we shop we in won't Kmart talk about, and Bunnings. <laughs> we won't talk about digital currency and digital ID and, um, you know, all these we things. We will talk about health. We will talk about <laughs> hellfire because that's where it's all heading. Yeah. That's where it's all heading <laughs> to okay. hell in a handbasket, as they say. No, look, the good news is, folk, as we see all these things unraveling, we need to look up yes. because our redemption is drawing near. So this is not a time to, you know, to, to, to fret and to fear, but mm-hmm. this is a time for us to look up to share with others that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that's the coming of Jesus and we need to be linked in with him. Amen. More and more, more and more every day. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a good spot for us to begin our Bible study then. I think it is. I think it is. And um, because um, the only thing that's going to get us through um, is, is our hold on Christ. And so what we are doing is continuing our study by taking a look at God's final message of love to the world. Mm. And Sharissa, as you know, over the last uh, 10 uh, sessions together, this is our 11th Bible study in this space. There's one more after this, so we're going to conclude next week, and then we're moving into a brand new series. I am so excited. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) The stuff we've been talking about in the news, we're actually going to get into that in detail. Yeah. Um, through the words of Jesus, but I'm not going to say any more because Charisse is going to be, she's going to be in the pilot seat, and I'm going to be in the co-pilot seat, or I might even be like one of the, what do you call them? Those people that deliver drinks. 
I don't know. Stewardess. Uh, yeah, stewardess. I don't know. Is that the right term? Well, you'll be here. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll be here. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at um, that. So stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks' time when we, when, we get, when we kick that off. But right now we want to take a look at this message, this very, very important message. So there is a lot of information um, and we don't have as much time as we need to unpack it all, but we're going to kind of give an overview on this important subject of hellfire because it's right there in the three angels' messages. We can't avoid it, so we need to deal with it from a biblical point of view. Amen. All right, so why don't you kick us off with a prayer? Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we have this opportunity to talk on air and to study your word. We pray for the Holy Spirit to guide our Bible study and to guide our listeners too as we seek to understand the wonderful truths of your word. Help us to understand the truth about hell now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, well, before we dig into the you know, to, to the seriousness of this subject, which, which it is. It's a very serious subject. Just on a, on a lighthearted note, um, when it comes to hell, I spent six years in Rotorua. Sorry, no, six years in New Zealand, I should say. And um, while I was there, I went to a geothermal um, place, town called Rotorua. You heard of Rotorua? I have. Have you ever been there? Nope. Okay. I've not really been in New Zealand very much. <laughs> it's a it's a great place to visit. Anyway, um, it's a bit smelly. It smells like on rotten eggs. Oh no! Yeah, the whole place smells like rotten eggs from the wow. from the the, the sulphur yeah. that, that's coming out of the ground. Anyway, there's a place called Hell's Gate, <laughs> and um, yeah, I did something I shouldn't have done. I'm kind of blessed to be alive because uh, there are these hot mud pools, um, and you're told to stay on the path on a on a timber path. Don't move off the timber path, but I wanted to see how hot that mud pool was. Wow. And so my sisters were with me and my cousin. I said, Danny, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go and just put my little pinky in there. I mean, it's boiling. The mud is boiling. Wow. That should tell you how hot it is. Anyway, so I went there and um, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The angels saved me because as I was looking to put my little pinky in the mud no i didn't trip but the soil below me gave way on my front foot but fortunately i had just enough weight um on the back foot foot, more so than on the front foot i was able to flick myself otherwise i was going into that hot pond and that would have been the end of danny Wow. There would have been celebrations and commiserations. <laughs> but um, no, so that was really, really serious. And um, so, folk, if you're in New Zealand, um, if we've got any New Zealand listeners, don't do it. And I've actually, I remember reading a news item and someone actually fell in there. And died. Uh, and died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one's going to rescue you. You just, just die very quickly. So it's just stupid, foolish, you know. Mm. They were in your younger days. My younger days, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was out of my teens. But um, but there's a place in the US. Do you know there's a place in the US called hell? Wouldn't you love to live in hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a the little from hell. A little town. It's it's in Michigan, uh-huh. and it snows in hell. <laughs> wow. You can even get married in hell. Wow. There's a little chapel there, and um, it's got a sign. You know, after all, all a marriage that starts in hell has no place to go but up. I have a friend in America <laughs> right now. She's she's traveling, and uh, on her way to wherever she was going, she said, yeah. "I just passed a place called Normal." <laughs> no way. There's a place called Normal. There's a place called Hell. <laughs> there you go. America's got everything. It's got everything. Well, I did a survey um, back in 2017, and they asked people about hell 
and heaven. And it was interesting. That was here in Australia. 1,000 people um, responded to this survey. Um, and 40% said they believe that heaven and hell are both destinations after life. That's quite a lot. Yeah, 40% believe, 42%, 42% disbelieve, mm-hmm. and about 18% were not sure. Hmm. So there's a lot of people out there that believe that, that hell is a real place um, where people go if they haven't done the right thing after they die. And so we need to look and see what the Bible has to say on this because, yeah, the third, the, the third angel's message has a lot to say in this space. And so we're going to unpack that, um, I guess, after this break. Let's hear a song. Um, the Downing family are going to sing for us, If That Don't Make You Want to Go. I don't actually know this song, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what <laughs> what this song sounds like. So enjoy. John saw a golden city near Jerusalem come down Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl Such splendor all around And he tells about a river of life That flows beneath the throne Where we'll drink and live eternally In a mansion all our own Oh, if that don't make you want to go of sin No sickness and no cross to bear and death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side in that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you want to go Brother, if that don't make you want to go Sister
Downing family, mm-hmm. and we're still looking up here, and I'm so glad you're all listening because at this point we have our code word. And so just a reminder, the book that we have eight copies of to give away to the first eight people who connect with us today with this code word, when they text it into the number, I'll give it to you again in a minute. But the book is Draining the Sticks, Taking the, it's, uh, taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. What an appropriate giveaway mm, for today. And this absolutely. Is a little book right written, on the money. Right on the money. This is a little book written by Sean Boonstra. And so the number... That people want to keep ready is zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four, and the code word for today is four letter word beginning with H. Next letter E double L. Hell, hell, <laughs> hell is the word for today. So if you want to be in the running, we only have eight copies. Text the word hell to zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. Yeah, sounds like health. But no, the opposite. <laughs> it's not opposite of heaven, hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, when it comes to that, before we went to that beautiful music, um, I shared that you know some forty percent of those Australians surveyed back in two thousand seventeen believed that hell and mm-hmm. heaven are real places. Mm-hmm. And um, in that article, I shared this with you during the break of the ten different issues that are listed why individuals don't want to have anything to do with Christianity, don't want to have anything to do with church. Mm -hmm. Um, Hell and um, God's condemnation through hell was one of those top ten. And so there's many people that have turned their backs on God as a result of their understanding that if you've chosen not to accept Christ and his gift of salvation, even though you may have lived a really good life, you will find yourself in a place called hell where you'll be burning and roasting mm. for all eternity. Why would anybody want to believe in a God like that? Exactly. And they're like, if that's what God is like, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Now, the Bible seems to present a very different picture of God, but where did this idea of a God like okay. this develop? Well, many preachers have in their day shared, including one, famous preacher, Jonathan Edwards, in the 18th century, and he had a famous sermon by the name of Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and he preached this back in 1741. I'm shivering already. If you want to read a little of this sermon, this sermon went for like, I think, almost two hours, between an hour and two hours, somewhere there. You can read the transcript. You can go online. You can read the whole transcript of the sermon but if you want to read one section of it and you can t- and you can see how people would have been trembling and how people out there don't want to have anything to do with a god like this here's the script folks jonathan edwards sermon the pit is prepared the fire is made ready the furnace is now hot ready to receive them the flames do now rage and glow the glittering sword is wet and held over them, and the pit has opened her mouth under them. O oh, sinner, consider the fearful danger you are in. Therefore, let everyone that is out of Christ now awake and fly from the wrath to come. The wrath of Almighty God is now undoubtedly hanging over a great part of this congregation. <laughs> wow. Let everyone fly out of Sodom. Haste and escape for your lives. Look not behind you. Escape to the mountain, lest you, lest you be consumed. Uh, Jonathan, you- Jonathan Edwards. Aren't you glad you tuned into today's program? That was a quote from 1741. That's how he concluded his sermon. 
What is them? These were his concluding words. This was his appeal. Mm, scary. I mean, very scary. In fact, there are there were eyewitness accounts of people fainting, really? literally fainting during the service. Wow. People crying out and shrieking wow. as he was sharing some of this stuff. And so that's what a lot of people think about when they think about hell. That's right. Now, where do we find these images? Some of these images on hell and fire are in Scripture. So we need to look at them and we need to investigate what the Bible has to say. So we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to let the Bible uh, speak for itself. So let's go to the third angel's message. Mm -hmm. And if you could read Revelation 14, uh, verses 9 to 12, and let's pick up some of this language that we need to unpack regarding hellfire. All right. Now we're reading from the Bible, third angel's message. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name here is the patience of the saints here are those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus okay so sharissa if you were to read this and you don't really have too much biblical understanding or knowledge and even if you were a christian you've read your what What's, what are some of the conclusions you'd come to when you read some of this language? Well, I'd imagine actually much of what people think about hell, like um, yeah. tormented, day and night, fire, brimstone, smoke, wrath no of rest, God, forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, these, all these, all these um, words, all these images. I mean, what people say? Well, obviously, the Bible talks about it. You know, that mm. this hellfire is going to be going on forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. So they're like, it's pretty obvious that sadly those that turn their backs on God will be burning in a place called hell forever and ever, and they have no rest, and they're going to experience the wrath of God. So that is why people have come to that conclusion. And it's not just in Christian circles, but eternal burning hellfire is what most of the world's major world religions believe and teach. You know, including the vast majority of Christian faiths. Mm. So this is what you know in Islam they believe. Um, there's also you know Judaism and many others also believe this. Wow. So I'm sure you've probably bumped into people um, that believe this. Some I've bumped into them on street corners, yeah. <laughs> handing out things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, you know, I remember being in New Zealand. And while I was in New Zealand, there was a church that ran an evangelistic series, like an outreach series where people were invited, people were encouraged to bring along their friends, you know, their non-Christian friends Mm. to come along and to hear the good news of the gospel. And you know what it was entitled? It was entitled Heaven's Gates and Hell's Fires. (laughs) Heaven's Gates and Hell's Fires. And and they did it like in a play, Mm. in, I guess, a play or what do you call it, um, drama. It was it was dramatized, mm-hmm. and they went through the entire scenario, and um, they talked about well, if you don't accept, you know, the ticket into heaven's gates mm. through Christ and His sacrifice on your behalf, then you're going on a one way trip to hell's gates mm. and hell's fires. So yeah, so we need to know the truth about this subject because this has everything to do with the character of God and how we relate to Him. 
And since we know there's a, a battle going on, a spiritual battle between good and evil, you can totally see how Satan would use this subject to mm -hmm. make people afraid of God when God is the one who actually loves them. Exactly, because the Bible says God is love. Mm -hmm. So how can we have a God of love that burns those who choose not to accept him forever and ever. Absolutely. You know, that's why people can't get that into their heads. It's like a total disconnect, mm. and they can't understand how a God of love can do that. So let's take a look at some of this language. All right, from the text, so we're just going to allow the Bible to interpret itself. So we read of, you know, the wine of the wrath of God mm -hmm. and the cup of his indignation. Now in Revelation, we've discovered there are opposites. Um, and we won't take the time to read through all those opposites. Um, we've looked at that in previous <clears throat> in the previous uh, message. But there are two that I want us to highlight. Mm -hmm. God's cup equals salvation, whereas Satan's cup equals what? Damnation. And then what else do we have? God's cup of wrath versus Babylon's cup of wrath. Okay, so we've got these two. So we need to try and understand what this is speaking of. So let's take a look at what the wrath of God is from the Bible, from the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. So if you want to read Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2, here we have um, a reference to the wrath of God and in connection with what it actually is. The Bible says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Okay, so what's the wrath of God? According to this scripture? The bowls? The yeah, plagues. seven last plagues. Mm -hmm. So the seven last plagues are in connection with the wrath of God. Now it's interesting, there is the cup of God's wrath and then there is the wine of the wrath of the dragon, who is Satan. Mm -hmm. there, whatever God has, Satan has a counterfeit. Or he has his version. Yep. And I found that in Revelation 14, verse 8, which we've looked at before, and it's the second angel's message. Do you want to read that for us, please? And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Okay, so we have two cups in Revelation, and either we will choose to drink from one or the other. Now, simply put, the, the wrath of God will be experienced by those who are lost. And we're going to look at that more as we go along. Whereas the wine of Babylon or the dragon's cup will be experienced you know, by those that choose him. They're looking for peace and safety in the here and now, mm -hmm. but ultimately it will lead to eternal destruction. Mm -hmm. So that is what the third angel's message is warning against. Do not receive the mark of the beast or worship his image or worship the beast or you will suffer, you know, that separation from God, which will which will climax in those seven last plagues. And it will result in an eternal separation. Eternal separation from God. Now, that's a big clue as to what hell is, which we're going to get to as we go along. All right, so let's take a look at some of this other language regarding being tormented with fire and brimstone and the forever and forever and the smoke and the no rest day or night. So let's take a look at that word forever, mm -hmm, all right? Mm -hmm. So I went to the dictionary, the New American Standard New Testament Greek Lexicon Dictionary, to take a look at that word forever. In the Greek, it's the word aeon. Mm -hmm. um, we like get the eons, and eons, 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 or ages and ages. You know, we, yeah. we use that. Now, it's got three primary 
meanings. Do you want to read them for us, what the three primary meanings of the word forever is? Because this is really, really helpful. This is from the Greek lexicon? Yep, that's correct. Forever an unbroken age, perpetuity of time, eternity. The world's universe or a period of time, age. Okay, so that word can mean like forever and ever, the way we understand it. It can also mean like the world Mm. or the universe, depending on the context. And it can also mean for a specific period of time. Mm-hmm. 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 So this is where we need to take a look at the rest of Scripture. Okay. And it's interesting if you go to the Old Testament and the word that is used there. I love it. In connection with Jonah. Notice what the Bible says regarding Jonah's experience in the fish, in the whale. Jonah 2.6. Do you want to read that? Yeah, the Bible says, I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. All right, was Jonah down there forever? I believe he was spat out and <laughs> went to Nineveh, so no. <laughs> no, he wasn't in Jonah one seventeen. We won't take the time to read that. It says he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I bet that felt like forever. Probably it did. <laughs> and some. Yeah. So, so that's where the word forever is used. Another time the word forever is used is... Hannah in connection with her son Samuel and the promise that she makes to God. Do you want to read that for us in 1 Samuel one twenty two? Okay, the Bible says, But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Okay, there you have that same language. Again. So, what did she mean by that? Do you want to read verse 28 of Samuel 1? Well, the Bible says there that therefore I, held, sorry, therefore I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, what does forever mean in as that context? As long as he lives. As long as he lives. Which is the same when couples get married. They say, I'll, be, I'll love you forever until I die. Until I until die. Until death do us part. Until death do us part. And that, that's a beautiful illustration. Mm-hmm. So, the Bible Forever is not necessarily forever and ever. It's for a stated period of time, depending on the context. I can't wait to unpack this further. We're going to hear an amazing song. Lady Love and Reggie Smith, I really love their voices. They're going to bring to us now, Marvel Not at What I Say.
Biblical song. Very much so. I love that song. I love that song too. And um, thank you for that song selection, Shanna or Shell, whoever it was. <laughs> We're blessed to have two in indeed, the studio indeed. today. Um, but yeah, look, before we get back to this study, because you've just unpacked something that could be life changing in mm, our understanding indeed. of the subject of hell, just a reminder that our free offer today, we have eight copies of this book. Draining the Sticks by Sean Boonstra. If you're interested in taking the mystery out of death and hell, you need this book. Mm. Um, it'll help you understand even more what we're studying together. Now, the code word that you have to text to the number is the word... Hell. Hell. H-E-L-L. -L. <laughs> it's not hard to forget. So text the word hell to 048-888-17624. I see some of you have already texted but you texted um, not the code word. You texted your name and address. So if you could text again the word hell to the number 04888 If you can do it quickly, that way we'll make sure you can still be in the running for this You want to get this book. This is a great resource because sooner or later you're going to be asked questions on this and you want to be able to give a biblical answer. True, true. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pastor Danny. So back to you again. All right. Where, so where so we've we? taken a look at the word forever and ever. In yes. Revelation 14, um, in the third angel's message. Now let's take a look at the words, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. So let's take a look at this fire and brimstone and what that is in connection with. Now, when it comes to fire and brimstone, um, we, have, we have the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and God rained down fire and brimstone on those two cities and the surrounding cities in the plain um, in order to destroy them because of That's their great right. wickedness. And you can read about that in Genesis, you know, nineteen twenty-four. Mm. And it's interesting what Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, in his in his epistle, Second Peter chapter two, verse six, has to say regarding that event in the Old Testament and how that connects with the fire and brimstone that Revelation 14 talks about. Do you want to read that for us? Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Love to. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Well, there you go. So here we have God saying through the Apostle Peter that what happened to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah would be an example to what will take place at the end of time. Wow. Now, are the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah still burning today? No. No. I've been there where they were once upon a time situated or somewhere in the vicinity. I, I figure if it was still burning, we'd hear about it quite regularly. We certainly <laughs> would. We certainly would. But those cities are no longer burning. They have been destroyed. Mm. They are ashes, mm -hmm. you know. And so that is what's going to take place at the end of time. So complete destruction. There will be ashes and, you know, the wicked and Satan and sin and suffering, you know, this sin-sick world will be, will be turned to ashes, will be completely destroyed, and God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to get there. 
And that is an example. Now, it's interesting if we read a number of other scriptures. There's many, but we won't take the time to read all of them. But Isaiah 47 verse 14, what God says regarding um, the fate of those who have who are the lost. Do you want to read that for us, please? Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves. Okay. So what does that tell us? Well, that doesn't sound like an eternal burning. No, it doesn't. Stubble. Double, indeed. You want to read Psalm 37, verse 10. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you shall look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Stubble, no more. Disappear, Disappeared, gone. ashes, destruction. What about Psalm 37, verse 20? What does it say there? But the wicked shall perish into smoke. They shall vanish away. And one final scripture, mm-hmm. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. And the day which is coming shall burn them up. That will leave them neither root nor branch. Okay. So here we have a number of scriptures describing the fate of those who are lost mm-hmm. at the end of time. They'll be no more. They'll vanish. They'll perish. They'll be burnt up. They'll be as stubble. They'll be no more. Mm-hmm. So this tells us that there will not be an everlasting, burning hellfire. Praise God. So this alone tells us. <laughs> this is changing our views. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, John 3.16. John 3.16 for me really highlights this truth. And we, most of us would probably know that off by heart. Yeah, I think it's the most popular Bible verse. It is the most popular Bible verse, and for good reason. Do you want to read that for us? Why not? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so here we have perishing. Contrasted with everlasting living. It doesn't say whoever believes in him should not be burning forever, (laughs) but actually has a finality to it. That's right. So when you perish, that means there is no more. So even just from that one scripture, that one scripture that highlights the character of God, the love of God, the most beloved of all scriptures, actually has the truth about God in that very scripture, in John 3.16. Wow. It's right there. And yet people have missed it. And maybe some of our listeners have missed it. Maybe you've listened, you've missed it and you're listening and you're like, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I want to hear more. Just a reminder, just give another plug Absolutely. for this book. Absolutely. Give this, another plug. This book, The Draining Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell by Sean Boonstra. You have to get it if you haven't already tried to get it here. We have eight copies. Text the word HELL to the number 04888-17624. Fantastic. And just one more scripture to put the nail on the coffin of the lies about hell. All right. Okay. Here it is. Here we go. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 9. This is the chapter that deals with the millennium that um, will will conclude or climax with the, with the destruction, the annihilation of Satan and all those that have chosen to follow him in the fires of hell. Mm. This is what it says in Revelation 20 verse 9. This is straight out of Revelation. Do you want to read that for us, please? They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Okay. 
If something is devoured, is it around any longer? Not when I'm devouring ice cream. <laughs> or that pasta that, yeah, that, that, Shanna, that, that made. Shanna made for you, that yeah. delightful pasta. We, She's like the pasta did, queen, gluten-free. We gluten devoured free. her basil pesto oh, gluten-free pasta. Oh, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. I wonder if Actually, I'll experience any let's, of let's that beautiful pasta. That. Let's not. <laughs> All right, so we can clearly see we can clearly see what the Bible says. So the Bible teaches that Satan and those who choose to serve and follow him in the end will be consumed, vanish away, devoured, destroyed, never to rise again, burnt up, no more, perish, and they'll be turned to ashes. So where's the burn forever? The burning forever and ever. Let's get to that word hell. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get to our code word, hell. Now, look up that word hell, and it actually appears some 54 times in the Bible. That's the King James Version of the Bible, 54 times, yeah. Um, It appears 31 times in the Old Testament and 23 times in the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, that word for hell is the word Sheol, Mm. okay, um, in the Hebrew, and mm-hmm. it simply means grave or place of the departed. It has nothing at all to do with fire. So just the, the grave. In the New Testament, the word hell is translated, um, well, the English word hell is translated from three Greek words, one being Hades, it appears ten times, and that simply is the grave, or Tartarus is another term, and that means a place of darkness. Yeah. And the last one, is Gehenna, or Valley of Hinnom, and that appears 12 times. Now, that's the only one that has anything to do with fire. Mm -hmm. So, let's take a deeper look at what this word means, and I'm going to share with you that I actually went to hell. I've been to hell and back. Was it hot? Yeah, it wasn't. I'll (laughs) tell you all about hell and where it was. Okay, okay. (laughs) The biblical hell, because there is a place on earth today that is hell or how we understand it in the English, which is the Valley of Hinnom. Well, mm. before that, Gehenna. Do you want to read to us what the word Gehenna means Okay. from Strong's Concordance? Okay, so Gehenna means Valley of Hinnom, a valley of Jerusalem used figuratively as a name for the place or state of everlasting punishment or hell. Okay, now this place, Gehenna, is just outside the city of Jerusalem, the mm. ancient city of Jerusalem. I had the privilege of going there. Now, the reason why this place is called the Valley of Hinnom is that this place was turned into a garbage dump, a place where, you know, dead animals, even criminals, you know, that were crucified potentially or, or that were, you know, that died. Um, and the garbage, it was all thrown in there. A bit like our modern day, some modern day garbage dumps. Yeah, yeah, rubbish tips that have, you know, like, just constant burning, incinerators and so on and so forth. We still even have that to this day. Mm. And even the third world, you know, that happens a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason it was um, named or, or became the garbage dump just outside of Jerusalem is because you have a number of kings um, of Judah uh, that set up that set up child sacrifices there in that valley. And they sacrificed their children in that very place to the pagan gods. And so Jeremiah, you know, we won't take the time to read it, 
But in Jeremiah chapter 19, verses 2 to 6 and verses 11 to 15, um, there Jeremiah, he warned the children of Judah if they were going to continue in this way, sacrificing their very children to the pagan gods, while God said, under no circumstances were you to allow your children to pass through the fire, which is code language for sacrificing your children, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that God would destroy Jerusalem and he would level the place, it would be completely destroyed. Wow. So the Valley of Hinnom, or Gehenna, became a symbol for that which God abhors and detests. Makes sense. It does. And so the end time hell is, guess what? God destroying everything that he detests, all the abominations, all the sin, Everything is completely destroyed. We had a question. Oh, do we have a question? Let's Um, have a look at it. This is from Leah. So good to have you listening, Leah, live. Um, She writes a good Bible question. She says, so Revelation 21.4 says that in the new earth, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. How could the lost be burning forever in hell, crying out in pain when God promises crying and pain will no longer exist? Absolutely. That's spot on. Leah, you... You are ahead of the game because I was going to be concluding with those words toward the end. But you are spot on because that's what it says in Revelation 21 and verse 4. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Spot on, Leah. Top of the class. Top of the class. (laughs) So that's what the Bible describes. Now, guess what? This will blow your mind. The Bible actually declares that the saved will dwell with God in the midst of his devouring fire. Did you know that? Wow. (laughs) So... Sadly, the lost will be devoured by the fire of God, but the saved are going to live in the presence of God's devouring fire. No way. True story. True story. If you could read for me (laughs) Isaiah 33 verses 14 and 15. All right. Here is what the Bible says. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with the everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. Wow. The Bible tells us that God's people are going to dwell with God who is a devouring fire, but they will not be burnt. Yes. Just like the three Hebrews so who are with Christ saved. in the fiery furnace. Yes. So it's the saved, those who love Jesus, who are fireproof. That's right, fireproof. <laughs> there was a movie, Fireproof, wasn't there? Yeah. A great Christian movie. I'd highly recommend that. And, um, yeah. and it's interesting because if you read Revelation 15 too, I was looking at this um, when I was putting this message together and it like hit me. It's right there. Could you read Revelation 15 too? Revelation chapter 15 verse 2 says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. And what was this sea of glass? Mingled with what? Fire. Fire. Wow. It's right before God's throne. It's right before God's throne because God is a devouring fire. And so God's people, the saved, will live in the midst of of a devouring fire who is God, but they will not be burnt up. They will not be destroyed. They will be fireproof, as you have put it, because they are covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Oh, We have just run out of time. I just got so carried away on that. We're going to listen to Andrew Peterson with the song more, and then we will come back, Pastor Danny, and continue this amazing discovery on the truth about hell. Amen. 
I'm Luke. And I'm James. And we're the hosts of a brand new show called Table and Explorers. Have you seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? It's about a man named Desmond Doss. Who was a World War II medic. That went to the front lines without a gun. He saved countless lives. And he ended up receiving the Medal of Honor. Join us Saturdays at 5.30pm as we explore the faith behind Desmond Doss. Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. The Breakfast Show. Bits worth repeating. It didn't rain in Egypt. It was watered by the rise, the annual rise of the Nile. Now, when the Nile doesn't come up for seven years straight, basically everybody starves. Yeah. This would bring the world's greatest empire 
to its knees because no one would be left alive because everybody would die of starvation. And we see this in undeveloped countries around the world when they have a drought, millions of people literally just die of starvation mm. because they can't produce food and because they're not in a position to be able to produce reserves. That's right. Joseph has instituted this. Like, okay, we've got seven years of famine coming up, seven years when business will be non-existent. We need to be able to survive that. How can we do that? This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate there's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then We are indeed. We're about to hit the climax of the study. I can't wait. I don't want to take away any time, but just a little reminder. The code word for today is Mm -hmm. HELL. The number to text that to is 04-888-17624. And if you're in that top eight group, there's still a few places here. You can have the free book, which is a beautiful one, Draining the Sticks. Mm, Indeed, indeed. All right, Sharissa, so we've looked at um, what the Bible has to say about hell, not what Hollywood has to say or what you know, 
the websites have to say, or but what the Bible preacher. has to say, or any preacher, exactly, um, as well-intentioned as they might be. And so we need to always ask, what does the Bible have to say, and how does this connect with who God is, the character of God, what we see in Jesus Christ? And even, I mean, you know, I don't have it here, but on one occasion when um, Jesus um, and his disciples were given the cold shoulder by a Samaritan village. You might remember that story. And James and John, the sons of thunder, you know, they they told Jesus, why don't we call down fire from heaven? You know, why don't you call down fire from heaven and just wipe them off the face of the earth as Elijah did? And you know what Jesus said? No. (laughs) You know, the Son of Man has not come to destroy life. But he's come to give life. That's a powerful point. He's come to give life. So yeah. God's not in the business of destroying. God's in the business of giving life. Sin destroys. Sin is the cancer that destroys life. Mm. But God is a life giver. And so we need to take a look at what the Bible describes as hell and when and where um that will take place and who will be the recipient of the biblical hell, not the one that people imagine. Um, and we have we have that um, described for us in Revelation 21 verse 8, if you'd like to read that for us, please. But the cowardly, unbelieving shall have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, so those who have chosen Satan and his side at the end of time and all the way down through history, from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve all the way through to the end, they will experience the second death. Now, the second death is obviously in contrast to the first death. The first death is the death that everyone dies. Well, if, if they're not alive to see Jesus come, they die the first death, which is called the sleep. Mm-hmm. But the second death is lost forever. Mm-hmm. There is no coming back from the second death, where you'll be eternally asleep forevermore. Mm. That's the second death. So the second one's permanent. That's right. So, in fact, it says in um, Revelation 20, verse 15, if you'd like to read that, please. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay, so here we have the contrast. You'll either experience the second death Mm -hmm. or you'll experience life forevermore. Your name is found in the book of life. Mm. So we discover that there is only one individual on planet Earth that lived on planet Earth that has died the second death thus far. No one else. Only one. So? And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. He died the second death. Now, let's unpack that for just a few moments because people may be wondering, like, how did Jesus die the second death? Mm-hmm. Do you want to just sort of just sort of off the top of your head um, sort of share with me how you understand Jesus dying the second death, that eternal separation from God, which is a second death. How did Jesus experience that, and in particular in those closing moments? From the top of my head, um, I remember in Gethsemane, mm-hmm. he could not see past the portals of the tomb. Mm-hmm. It was like the cross was before him and he couldn't see beyond that, which means he was facing in his mind you know, he was willing to lay down his life and never be resurrected, never come back to life mm. so that we could have eternal life. Mm. Indeed, indeed. And it's interesting the prayer that Jesus prayed mm. in Gethsemane. Father, let this cup pass from my lips. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And in Revelation, we have those two cups. You know, mm. we have the cup of the wrath of God 
which is that second death, eternal separation from God, which is what hell is. It's eternal separation from God. If you missed everything, I hope and pray that you understand this one important truth, that the biblical picture of hell is not an everlasting fire that burns on and on and on, but it's eternal separation from God is what Mm. hell is. And that is the cup that Jesus drank, which is the penalty for sin. So Jesus was willing in order to save us, as you rightly pointed out, for him to experience that eternal separation from his Father that we might be saved. It's just such a huge concept to try and wrap our minds around, isn't it? We can really ponder and ponder it and never get to the end of it. that's true. And I guess that that goes along with what um, took place on the cross Mm. when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Amen. We've got another listener. I think it's Justin. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Justin has sent a text in and he just says, I heard it said once that Christ suffered the experience and pain of the second death, but not the results of the second death. Mm, I like that. And why would that be? Why would Jesus suffer the experience of the second death? But not, how did he put it? Not the results. Not the results of it. Well, I guess he, he suffered the experience, so we don't have to suffer mm. it. But the, he, result. but the grave could not keep him no. because he did not sin. Yes. There was no sin found in him. Amen. And the wages of sin is? Death. Death. So even though Christ suffered the, the penalty, the experience of it, but he did not remain in the grave. Amen. The grave could not hold him down. So, you know, going back to the, the title of Jonathan Edwards, Yes. Famous sermon, his most famous sermon. I would hate to be <laughs> known as this as my fa- most famous sermon, but this is his <laughs> most famous sermon, Jonathan Edwards, you know. What a legacy. Yeah, back in 1741, almost 300 years ago, sinners in the hands of an angry God, based on what we've just looked at from Scripture and the experience of Christ on the cross, I would like to term, if I was going to have a sermon um, that I want to be remembered by. It would be sinners in the hands of a loving God. Amen. Powerful. Absolutely. And it's interesting when we talk about Christ and on the cross, and David, he prophesied regarding what would take place on the cross. Mm-hmm. And that was in Psalm 85, verse 10. If you'd like to read that, Sharissa, please. The Bible says, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Okay, there you have it. Mm. So, at the cross, we have mercy and truth. Yes. So righteousness and peace. So Christ experienced the righteousness of the law. Mm. You know, the wages of sin is death, not because he sinned, but he died for our sins in order that we might have his mercy, the mercy of God, and have the peace of God. Amen. So he was made sin for us, mm. as Paul says, mm. so that we need not suffer that same penalty and experience what Jesus Christ experienced. In fact, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, it's a powerful scripture if you want to just read that one. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm, So there you go. So The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Amen. And I just wanted to, uh, there's a couple of people who are texting in. Oh, okay. What are they saying? Um, well, they're, they're putting in for the free offer. But mm. um, just want to remind you, if you want to claim that, just simply text the word hell 
to the number. So if you say more than the hell word, you won't possibly get read in the system. So just text H-E-L-L to 048-17624 and that way it should work. Sorry, Pastor Dan. No, no, you're all right. So, um, yeah, I guess we've got a few more of those books available. We They're running lower, but there might be one or two left. Okay, so we, we need you to call in. Sorry, not call in, text in with that word, and you will get that great book. Now, it's fascinating. I looked up um, Romans 1, and there in Romans 1 it says, you know, God you know, gave them up speaking of, of those that turn their backs on God. It says it three times in yes. 24, 26, 28. God gave them up to uncleanness. God gave them up to evil passions. God gave them over to a debased mind. You know, God has to give them up. He's got no choice, mm-hmm. but he has to allow them to experience the consequences of the choices they have made because God is a God of love, and a God of love offers each person the freedom to choose, yeah. to accept him or not to accept him, to accept his way or not. To be with him forever, and if they don't want to be with him, That's to make right. that choice. And it's interesting, that very same word for gave them up is the Greek word paradidomai. Mm-hmm. And I looked up that word, and, and in another place in Romans, it speaks of Christ also having been given up by the Father. Okay. If you want to read Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There you go. So this is in the context of the Father delivering up or giving up his son Amen. for us. That's the greatest sacrifice. Mm. And that is just absolutely incredible. So the good news is that Jesus died the death that we deserve so that we may have the life that he deserved. What an exchange. Yeah. So we don't, a great exchange. So regardless of what we're going through, we never, ever have to cry out as Jesus did, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. He was forsaken that we could be forgiven. Mm. We never have to experience what Jesus experienced, that eternal separation from his Father. Amen. And that's the gospel. That's the gospel. Gospel in a nutshell. The gospel in a nutshell indeed. <laughs> and um, going back to, you know, uh, Leah's observation earlier. Oh, it was good to hear from Leah. Oh, it was wonderful to hear from Leah. Thank you so much, Leah. <laughs> you made our day with that powerful passage from Revelation 21. When the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, Sin and Satan and um, all suffering and sorrow has been destroyed and God creates a new heaven and a new earth. You want to read that passage from Revelation 21, verse 1, all the way through to verse 5. All right, here we go. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Wow. So there we have it. There will be no more pain. 
No more suffering, no more sorrow. That means no more cancer, no more cancer, no more no COVID, more, no more heart disease, no more Diabetes. natural disasters, no more droughts, no more depression, no more, no more. And so God here is promising, mm. and He says, "The one who says these things, He's on the throne." Amen. He says, "I'm making all things new." These words are true and faithful. We can take these to the bank. Amen. There's not many things that we can trust today, Sharissa. Nope. But we can trust these words. A new day is coming. How exciting. Praise God for that. So that's why we need to continue to keep looking up. Yeah. Because as we see this world deteriorating more and more, day by day, we know that that day is drawing ever closer, where there will be no more pain. I love that. No more pain. No more death. No, no more. more sorrow. No more night. Yes. There's that song. I don't know if we can find it. It might be uh, a bit late now. No but... more night. Do you have that one lined up? Now, Shell's amazing. She can do all sorts of things. <laughs> well, That's a powerful uh, while song. While that's um, being looked for, what a Bible study. And yeah. we hope that, you know, we're going to come back for some concluding comments, you know, after the song. But I hope that everybody who was joining us, following along, found a lot of hope mm, and assurance in Jesus because God's word just offers us the very best. Amen, amen. And we have a wonderful God who is a God of love. And in the end, he will dwell with those that have chosen to be with him. And in the end, he will also allow those that have refused his love, refused his salvation to quietly, peacefully, in an eternal sleep, rest. Amen. What a God. Let's listen to this song by the Heritage Singers, No More Night. Sound 
is the praises to Christ the King. Slowly the names from the book are read. I know the King, so there's no need, no need to dread. listen to that song over and over again. In fact, I did when my mother passed away. I remember mm. two and a half years ago, I remember just playing that song over mm. and over again. It brought me such comfort, such encouragement, such hope Amen. because she was a woman of faith. And, um, and, I, and I knew that I would see her again based on the words of Scripture mm. and that beautiful song as, as it's so beautifully presented. Amen. Pastor Danny, thank you so much for leading us through today's study. For our listeners, do you have any final words you'd like to share? Oh, I've always got final words, but they're never quite <laughs> final. Has final words. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had any final words. Maybe when Jesus comes, try. when we Jesus comes, trying. I will be. I will have nothing to say because of the splendor <laughs> of the moment and and just being in awe of Him. Yep. But I guess what I would like to say finally is that we have. We have a God who came in human flesh, Jesus Christ, and he came to give us eternal life. Um, The gift of God is eternal life. And so that beautiful scripture, that favorite scripture of so many, John 3.16, that we 
that we referred to in our study where God so loved the world, you know, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, would not would not experience the second death, would not experience that that total and complete eternal separation from God who is the life giver, the life source of the universe, that they may not perish, but instead that they may have everlasting life in the presence of the risen Lamb as we, as we listen to that beautiful song. So I want to encourage you know, our dear listeners, wherever they are, come to Christ, give your heart to Christ. You know, he is the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, according to Revelation 21, verse 6, the beginning and the end. And he says, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Mm. So if you are thirsting for something more than this world offers, I want to invite you to give your heart and life to Christ. Come to him as you are. You don't need to get yourself all sorted before you come. You come to Christ as you are. He takes you as you are and then he makes and transforms you into his image more and more every day. The more we talk about him, the better he gets. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I want to encourage I want to encourage you if you'd like to connect with Christ, if you want to give your heart to Christ, send us a message, yes. uh, maybe a prayer request. If you want to study the Bible, yes. send us a message. We'll get someone to help you We'd get to know to Jesus through the word. Yeah, absolutely. So just Zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. Indeed, indeed. So come to Christ and the final the final scripture I want to share is from Revelation twenty two seventeen where it says, And the Spirit and the bride say come, and let him who hears say come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him let him or let her take the water of life freely. Come, 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 says Jesus. And I invite you on behalf of Christ to come to him. Amen. Pastor Danny, would you close in prayer? Love to Father in heaven, we thank you again for the blessings of your word, for enabling us to understand the truth about this subject that has been so misunderstood. We thank you that it represents the character of Christ in its beauty, and we thank you for the truth as it is in Jesus. Bless us, we pray, as we go our separate ways, and we pray for each person that you'll draw them closer to you, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us. I really enjoyed today's study. We hope you were blessed as well. And next week marks the end of a series. Mm-hmm. It's been a wonderful series. So the, the next week's topic will be love and loyalty. Love and as loyalty. As we take a look at God's end time people that all prepare right. for that everlasting life that Christ offers to each one. Uh, I I will be here. I will be looking forward to that very much. And we hope that you'll join us same time, same place this time next week. Uh, stay on this program, not on this program, on this channel, because after this program, there is another the live broadcast show. coming from Adelaide. So may God bless you. And remember that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith is very different to those. Faith always looks up. So God bless you. We'll see you. Have you back here this time next week. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Don't give up. When there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is all.